you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James, go here with you. Joined alongside full cast of characters, we got the franchise. Matt Franciscovich in the building. What's up, man? What up? Doing a little better today than I was uh, Monday morning. <laughs> a little more recovered. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I think I said you I couldn't. I, w- I didn't want to make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> I've made eye contact with other humans, so I'm good now. Uh, you, br- I, I f- to- totally and utterly forgot about that. But yeah, you guys all look yeah, so look, much better now. Yeah, well, Holy you know, a couple, couple days of rest, so rough. some some hydrating. <laughs> it was a rough Sometimes it takes days. a week. So yeah, I give yeah, credit. yeah. Yeah. Oh, good man, to go that's now. great. Matt Harmon, what's up? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Good to be here. Fun uh, fun show ahead. Yeah, no doubt thank, about th- Thank God the NFL decided to give us like a little spoiler alert <laughs> off-season yeah. off ahead. We have a, something right. big to talk about instead of just like, hey, did you guys know that uh, the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing at the Super Bowl? Yeah. And uh, Nick Foles is the backup quarterback, he, but the team's still really good, and they're rallying around him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If I have to hear about a Tom Brady dog bite story, I mean, this is truly unreal. I mean, Super Bowl week, unreal. Is, Super Bowl week yeah. has jumped the shark. I, was gonna say, I, I that tweeted was that moment. out because that email came Tom in, and I was like, dog the build-up to the damn Super Bowl is too long. Unbelievable. He got bit by the dog in training camp. Yeah, like that would have been that would have been a huge story if like he was walking around practice up in Minnesota and a dog came up and just bit him, him right yeah. right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know, I love it. And Not the, quite. The story they were asking about his entire history of dog bites. He's like, yeah, I got, yeah when I was a know, kid like, in Minnesota, I got bit by a dog. And it's like, good lord, get to the get to kickoff, please. Yes. Listen, Tom Brady dog bite stories. I, I mean, look, Tom Brady has a cut on his hand. Uh, I've been bitten by a dog. I feel like he's more relatable than ever. Yeah, you know, you know? exactly. Everybody, I mean, just like us. Who hasn't been bitten by a dog? Before? Right. Let's he's, talk about our history. He's just an average <laughs> Joe. At the end, <laughs> you know. Now, now let's get into it. <laughs> let's get it. Who here's been scratched by a cat? Anybody? I have. I have. Um, who hasn't yeah. been scratched by? Please. a cat? Have you come in contact with <laughs> please, a cat? You've been please, scratched no. by a cat. There was another story about him chewing tobacco and throwing. <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that was that was the other yeah. thing. I was like, oh. I've done that too. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't done that? If what is going on? Tobacco, you've thrown up. From it, yes. most likely, hundred percent. Yeah, first time, first time, or yep. passed out. Yeah. Actually, that's funny. Can I talk about that on the show? What? Can we just? <laughs> Can I talk about that? Because I remember the first time I did, I did, I did. I mean, I'm from Virginia, so it happened. <coughs> right. uh, West, West Virginia, right? Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. Anyway, so the first time I did that, I remember like my friends were like, "Yeah, you know, you're probably gonna, yeah. probably gonna throw up after this." And I was like, "Don't take a big job." Man. I was like, "No, I'm not." And then I did it, and then it, like. Night was over. Uh-huh. Walking to the back, back to my room at the end of the night. I'm like, and I was back. like, I'm like, told those idiots I wasn't gonna do it. Laid down in the bed to go to 
sleep. Yeah, you're done. Room spinning. Got yep. up. Throw up. Yep. <laughs> so me and Tom Brady. Really, hey. I feel, this is a good moment for him. He's so yeah. much more relatable than ever. And you've beaten time. He's beaten time. Uh, I don't know if I've beaten he's, time. Oh. <laughs> Tom. Tom's still versing time. Yeah, he's. He, oh, oh, he's, he's still Tom versed yeah. time. He's dueling. The game's not over. Oh, oh, I was told it was over. No, no. I was told he beat time. Not yet. Uh, oh, I see. It's a. It's still. Those, we'll it's see. an ongoing we'll battle. Titanic forces. Uh, you, you'll have to tune into the Super Bowl to really. You'll have to tune in. Yeah. Tune into his Facebook show. Right. This kid from Wisconsin, Alex Kelhar. What's up, man? Uh, I don't know. What a swerve this <laughs> podcast started. I love it. This is why I love. This is why I love this group of guys. It's like just a world. Like we're like ah, whirlwind. There it goes. Boom. The whole thing's more like wow. We actually have something to talk about. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and uh, dipping and like. Yep. yep exactly. It's beautiful. Per- producer Chris. What's up? Wow. Oh, buddy. Just, Thursday morning. Oh James, can God. I tell you a couple of days ago when this uh, when this Redskins trade went down? I'm from D.C., right? Yeah. So I was off Twitter. My phone blew up because all of my best friends are Redskins fans. And the yeah. range of emotions from those three hours from when it was announced to when it was revealed that they gave up Kendall Fuller, it was extreme. Like Redskins fans were not very happy. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So, you know, you you obviously are parting ways with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they bring in Alex Smith. <laughs> what what are the fans? I mean, are the, are the fans happy with it or are they not happy Should we, with like, it break or? the news first? Yeah, I was going to say we're kind of burying well, the lead I here. Mean, I think if you listen to the fantasy podcast in the offseason, I imagine. I, I everyone, don't know. I mean, this might be the <laughs> some of our listeners' only source of news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it is, it's sad. But no, what's the what, what what was the what was the fan reaction? I think at first you I mean, Smith and Cousins, you could argue that they're comparable. Four years older. Alex Smith is four years older That's than Kirk right. Cousins. But the the compensatory pick that the Redskins are getting for Kirk Cousins leaving, I think people are forgetting about because that's that that's third round pick they gave up is almost a wash. So you essentially traded Kendall Fuller for, for Alex, Alex Smith, Smith, knowing that Kirk's out the door. Yeah. But Kendall Fuller is a good player. I see what you're saying. And Bashad Breeland's a free agent. So, really, if you don't re-sign Breeland, Uh-oh. you lose Fuller, who's Uh-oh. a really young player. And yeah. Scott McLuhan came out and said he would have never traded him. Yeah. And then you got Josh Norman and mm. nobody else, really. So, I think what it does, it allows them to actually team build a little bit more now because you do have a little bit more cap space this year, especially because right. what you would have paid Kirk this year yeah. versus what you're paying Alex Smith this year, right. you have more room to a actually lot more build room. a team. Yep. But uh, wide-ranging emotions, I-, I think people are just – they're at least happy that the Kirk Cousins saga Drama is, is over. over. <laughs> it's over, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, we will dive deep, dive deep uh, into this story, into that trade. We'll talk about it from a real-life perspective. We'll talk about it from a fantasy perspective. We'll break down some contract numbers for – I mean, we're going to dive deep into it because what the hell? Why the hell not? It's the offseason, and this is the biggest story by far – uh, that has happened over the last couple of days. We'll give you a Super Bowl matchup preview as well. We'll talk about some interesting matchups that are going to be happening here on uh, Sunday on Super Bowl. Gronk versus Malcolm Jenkins, possibly. Maybe Is it Brandon Cooks versus Ronald Darby? A lot of interesting matchups, certainly. Uh, in this ball game, and we'll talk about some of the more interesting ones uh, coming up later in the show. And we'll close out with a round of daily daps. But we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Oh my God, the news! News, news, news. news. It's lit. All right, it was a blockbuster. Pro Bowl quarterback Alex Smith got shipped off to Washington. KC got a third round pick and a rising slot corner in Kendall Fuller in return, at least reportedly, right? We talked to the man who broke the story, Therese Paler from the Kansas City Star. Therese, we welcome you into the Fantasy Podcast. What's up, man? How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. So we, we've had a couple days now to digest the trade. Um, can you fill us in on some, I don't know, some details uh, regarding, you know, why Alex Smith got shipped out uh, at this time to Washington? Yeah, the Chiefs needed to get a longer look at Patrick Mahomes. They've got to decide on his fifth-year option in a couple of seasons, and you'd rather decide on that with two years of playing time under his belt opposed from one because that number's sky high for the fifth-year option. Um, you know, also, you want to try to follow the Russell Wilson Seahawks uh, model where you, you got a great quarterback on a cheap rookie deal um, you know, for a couple of seasons, and during that time you just fortify the roster at multiple positions. It's a really good formula if you can find the right quarterback, and the Chiefs believe – that they've got it. And also, there's a need to fortify 
a lot of spots on this team, specifically on the defense, with a chance to get uh, a third-round pick, which is a top-100 pick. Those are very valuable. And an up-and-coming young quarterback that these guys love. Um, it was just too good to pass up. All right, there you go. Can you give us a few more details? How did the trade go down, man? I mean, this is a big name. It's a big blockbuster trade. Um, how did the trade happen? Well, the Senior Bowl is a pretty good time for teams and to discuss different concepts of trade options. And I think the Chiefs had multiple offers. Um, I, I think that the starting point was a second-round pick, which is fair. And Washington topped all the offers by throwing in Fuller who's a player the Chiefs really like and is a plug-and-play guy. And by giving them a third, I mean, Washington really stepped to the plate. And, again, the Chiefs just could just felt like they couldn't pass this up. It's a controversial move, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that was highly successful in Kansas City and Alex Smith. They just went to the playoffs. I mean, I get that they suffered a very tough playoff loss. But, Torres, this is a move that sometimes can lose a locker room. How much uncertainty or angst is there among players from what you can tell right now? I think, I think there's an understanding of why it happened, and it's possible to have that understanding while still, like, you know, feeling bad for Alex or wishing the best for the guy because there's not anybody in that room that doesn't love that guy. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, um, it, but it, that, those two things are not mutually exclusive. I think, I think players can come to understand that this is the best business decision for the team while also appreciating everything Alex did. And also, look, it doesn't hurt. Mahomes is good, man. Like, he was really impressive <laughs> in the right. regular season finale. So, you know, it's going to be his team, and he's just a kid, and he's going to have to continue to grow up in that way. But as a football player, things this guy can do on the field, it's pretty tempting and tantalizing. Yeah, Therese, I actually wanted to ask about that because you mentioned the Russell Wilson plan, and I love the model, obviously, uh, in theory of doing that, but the Chiefs obviously have to have seen something from Mahomes, not just in his college film for them to draft him, but also this year, uh, this past season. It, like, what, what, has, what has given them the – what have they seen, you know, behind the scenes? What have you seen behind the scenes kind of to give you uh, – give them the confidence to make this move? Yeah, the ability to throw people open consistently mm. um, to make – by pulling plays out of his tail – and make difficult <laughs> throws that frustrate the defense. That's the hardest. You can't teach that, and that's not defensible. You know what I mean? The defenses can't counter that. So, uh, you know, he, what he needed to learn are the basics of the West Coast game, and that just takes time. So, you know, I think that they feel he's gotten that time. He'll have some growing things this year, but, you know, the things this guy can do, man, just um, they feel like it's worth the risk. And most of the people here do too, fans. And I'm sure players understand as well. All right. Have you talked to any players that maybe, uh, you know, not giving any names here, but maybe were, you know, diametrically opposed to the trade? Not diametrically opposed, but Travis Kelsey yesterday was pretty um, honest that he he wishes he had another year with Alex to see Mm. what they could have done. Um, At the same time, he says he still loves Patrick Mahomes. So, Also, like Derek Johnson, Tom Bahala, a lot of veterans, because they understand that if you go with a young quarterback, you're probably not going to like, (laughs) <laughs> win the Super Bowl this year, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just it kind of lengthens the Super Bowl window a little bit. So, yeah, like a little uh, – I think the veterans are probably just like, man, but they also understand it, and I expect guys to be good soldiers, including Kelsey. Heck, Kelsey's numbers might go up with Mahomes because Mahomes' ability to extend plays and Kelsey's inherent ability to make plays uh, sounds like, you know, he could, he could be up for a big season. Are there any other players that kind of come to mind? Uh, you know, the, uh, the the Chiefs obviously have a ton of explosive talent, and Alex Smith had a career year in terms of deep passing and everything like that, but he's known as more of a conservative passer. Are there any other guys besides Kelsey that could kind of see their numbers increase or opportunities go up with, with Mahomes? Yep, yep. Tyreek Hill. Um, Ty Hill, deep ball threat. Him, Mahomes to that guy. I mean, I, I mean, a ball might travel 60 yards in the air. On their <laughs> you know, like you could just literally go play pitch and catch because no one can run with Ty Hill. And if you don't give him help over the top, he's going to run past anybody. So I think this is also going to have a really positive effect on the running game because, you know, Pat has the ability to reach every level of the field, and that changes the way defenses can play you. I don't think teams are going to be loading up the box as much, which is going to help the running game. Honestly, like honestly – this is a fantasy show, right? So, yeah. like, 
if I'm in a if I'm in like a destiny like a fantasy like you know dynasty what that? the dynasty league I'm yeah. taking my homes nice. I feel good about that I'm also in on the Chiefs offense for the foreseeable future there you um, go I saw enough about my homes to think that you know if you can get this guy cheap somehow I don't know if that's possible I'm not in a dynasty I don't know but like if you can pick <laughs> him up yeah oh yeah do it and know that a rising tide can float all boats so know that that's going to help Kareem Hunt. Know that that'll help Spencer Ware. Know that that'll help Ty Hill. Know that that can help Travis Kelsey. You know, this offense can really go to the next level if Patrick Mahomes is as good as these guys talk about him um, as and as what I've seen. So I would not be afraid, straight up, to to bet on Pat Mahomes. Okay? Can you uh can you speak to what Alex Smith is feeling right now? I don't know if you've had a chance to to reach out to him, but is he excited? Is he disappointed? Uh, how how do you think Alex Smith is handling? Yeah, um, you know I, I think seventy one million dollars goes a long way for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very and good also point. like Washington, they have a pretty pretty QB friendly system. Yeah, Jay Gruden is a good coach, man. So like it's not like he's going to the dregs in the NFL. Yeah, um, you know. So I think he's okay with it. I think he go. wants to stay. He told me he'd rather stay, but um, you know, as far as Alex go, Alex is just fine. I think <laughs> I think at the end of the day, he will have made nearly 150, 170 million in the NFL or something. Not bad. I, I think he's okay. I, you know, I, I know he wants the Super Bowl though. Right. And um, you know, Washington's a little different um, as far as like organization-wise, how yep. to handle business than the Chiefs are. But all things considered, like that's not like a bad situation for him at all. It's a good point. Hey, you mentioned Spencer Ware. That's a name I almost completely forgot regarding Kansas City. How's his recovery coming? Um, I think I think he's going to be okay, and I think he's going to be a really good um, really good match with Kareem Hunt. I am one. I think like the running game is going to improve next year. I do wonder if like the return of Spencer are cutting to Kareem's workload a bit. Hmm. Um, Kareem is amazing though. I'm not. That's not a slight on him, but like he didn't need. He shouldn't have carried the workload he did. I mean, ideally, you know, Spencer Ware get some of those touches and Sharkandrick too. You know, and that 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 allows. You know, I know Hunt wants to get in a in a in a rhythm, but. When in the middle of the season, in the dog days of the season, someone like Ware would have been helpful. So it's true. Um, I think I think he's helpful, and you know I, I think he's somebody that could really be a great number two back, sharing that load with Kareem. All right, last question for you, man. Um, you're a Hall of Fame voter, right? I am. Hey, man, what the what is the deal with Terrell Owens? How is this man not in the Hall of Fame, bro? Yeah. So I mean, I can't really talk about what happens in the room where this is. Where, where they discuss this, but what I can say is that I, I voted for him, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really gonna go ahead like defending that because I don't <laughs> agree. Like I voted for him. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, I can say this too. Like you guys don't like know what's said in there. Like oh, I'm the, sure. these are 48 selectors who are well sourced throughout the league who yep. know stuff about guys, right? And like I'm just saying, like we discuss everything about a player in that room, okay? And it's not like we're saying he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Terrell Owens is going to get in the Hall of Fame one day, yeah. okay? That, that's going to happen. But, like, everybody wants to say, how could this not guy not get in this year? How could this guy not get in? Guys, we can only vote in five guys. And there's, like, 40 guys that are eligible right now that deserve to get in. I got Maybe you, not yeah. 40, but 30 or 25, whatever. It's still a lot yeah. that deserve to get in. So somebody's going to feel slighted every year. And I'll also tell you this, Okay. I know Terrell Owens had a great career statistically, okay? Michael Irvin had to wait, okay? Michael Irvin won three Super Bowls. Chris Carter had to wait. Receivers generally have to wait because typically, like, the balance out the class, you vote one guy in in, um, one guy at a position because there's only five. It's not like if they upped it to seven per year, yeah, but, like, it's only five. So you typically go one guy per position. There's a backlog of safeties that haven't got in. There's a backlog of offensive linemen that haven't gotten in. Like, okay, let me ask you this, James. Yeah. Is, is John Lynch a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Is Brian Dawkins a Hall of Famer? Oh, for sure, 100%. How about Steve, how about Steve Hutchinson? Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. He's one of the best uh, offensive linemen ever. That's right. How about Brian Urlacher, Ray <laughs> Lewis? Uh, listen, yeah. that's nine guys, and that means Randy Moss. Okay, that's ten guys. Five of them aren't getting in this year. So 
I get a little fired up about it because I <laughs> hell yeah I, you I, do. I, I love I, it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I, I used to think the same way until I actually got in the room. Yeah, and I saw like how it happens. Like you just got to understand these are the 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 most well sourced and like smartest and most th- not smartest, but you know these are some of the most well sourced and like experienced you know, football experienced and like football. Yeah. These guys all love football in that room. No one's trying to embarrass the game. We're all trying to make the best decision, you know, because um, we take the responsibility seriously. So, yeah, I voted for Terrell Owens, but if somebody else didn't, you know, you I, I do understand why. Yeah. you got to just respect people's opinion. He will get in. There you go. Okay? Just, you, just don't, get on, don't rag guys for not, for not putting guys in on your timeline. There you, you know go. It's Therese Baylor from the Kansas City Stop. Man, I did not know you were going to get that fired up about that this. Was, this was a throwaway that question. Was this was the best part of the interview, man. I know. I I get that question a lot, though. It's just like, we're gonna, guys, don't put him in. There you I go. need other people to vote with me, but he's going to get in. Just, just, it takes time. Like, here's one thing. You know, yeah. we put in two receivers this year, and that means that somebody at another position, there's at least only three other spots, Okay. And I just named all those. Ray Lewis is getting in, right? Right, right. Now it's two other spots. Now what? We're going to put a lineman in? How about one of them safeties? And by the way, Ed Reed is coming up soon. Yeah. He's a locked guy. Oh, locked up. Yeah, John for Lynch sure. John is coming up soon. Yeah, uh, actually, not, no, Palomalu's a locked guy. So what are we doing with Dawkins? What are we doing with Lynch? You know, mm. there's a guy like Steve Atwater who's still out there. Mm. You know? Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. So, that's what I'm saying. There's just not enough spots. Yeah. You guys just got to be patient. You got to understand. Terrell Owens is still a young man. True. So he, he, he will have his day. True. There it is. Maybe it's this year. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. It's, it. Ter- That's hey, it's so great. It's Therese Paler from the Kansas City Star. Hey, Therese, tell people how to find you, man. Yeah, um, on KansasCity.com and then on Twitter at uh, Therese Paler. It's T-E-R-E-Z-P-A-Y-L-O-R. There it is. And he's a great follow. If you, if you want – Kansas City Chiefs information. This is your guy. Therese Paler from the KC Star. We appreciate your time, man. All right, have a good one. See you. Man. Woo. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Therese was he was fired up on that Hall of Fame question, yeah. bro. Yeah. Brought a little heat. He yeah, did. Awesome. I love it. Hey, he's got he's got it. Whoa, my headset's coming off. I got he's got a good point though about like we get I mean everybody has we we're in the age of outrage everybody has to be, age of outrage everybody yes. has to be upset about something and and is that definitely your memoir title yes the age of outrage it's a pretty good title it actually is pretty good yeah um yeah that won't be my memoir that will be like my historical look back of this this era in time for sure okay but anyways <laughs> what was i talking about oh yeah hall of fame <laughs> so he has a great point though about like i mean everybody gets outraged about how uh-huh. Owens not being in the hall of fame but then like when he brought up the point about Michael Irvin having to wait and all these guys it's like yeah once he's in the Hall of Fame, nobody's going to look back and be like, but remember how long it took him to get in? And, like, nobody ever – we always talk about, like, he should be a first-bout Hall of Famer, but nobody ever actually ends up remembering. Like, yeah. there's no there's no, like, official designation. There's no gold for, club of – Well, you yeah. get – like, yeah, you get the gold jacket, but you also get the silver star if right. you're a first-ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> and the rest of you peasants. You know, what, you know what, though? They should. They should. There should be a delineate – like, there should be – I get that there's the Hall of Fame, you know, but, like, they should have, like, the Ring of Honor, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like – First tier Hall of Fame, yeah, you know what Hall I'm of Fame. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be so stupid. Yeah, it'd be so awful for those guys. But that was great, though. I was I was happy to see him get very emotional about that. That was awesome. He gave us some uh, really really good information um, regarding Kansas City as well, the Chiefs. And again, I I really do mean it. Um, if you are not following him for KC Chiefs news, you're doing it wrong. This guy's a great source uh, for Chiefs news. Uh, he's pretty active on Twitter as well, so follow him on Twitter, no doubt about it. All right, but let's talk about it from a fantasy perspective. All right, so he's talking about um, uh, Mahomes being a dynamic player, Alex Gilhar, uh, talking about how th- this is a guy that could uh, really lift the offense here. Do you agree with that assessment? I mean, he's certainly a more explosive athlete and has that, you know, howitzer arm. We've, we've seen it, and he can make it from, you know, uh, awkward platforms. He can make deep, outrageous throws on the run. Uh, it's just going to be a case of whether or not this offense all gels underneath him and how he assumes that role as a starter. There could be some bumps and bruises. There could be, uh, I mean, you know, Alex Smith is a guy that was only ever throwing like five to nine interceptions a year with Kansas City because he wasn't taking those chances. So with Mahomes, I mean, one of his nicknames is a gunslinger. So yeah. like, 
if he's taking those chances, how many are going to break, right, for the Chiefs and fantasy owners, and how many are going to are going to go the opposite direction and take the offense off the field? I mean, I think in standard redraft, Mahomes is not going to be a player that a lot of folks really draft. Maybe right. as a, I mean, maybe in deeper leagues, you're, you're looking at him as a, drafting him as a potential backup or, or just a guy that you're circling on the waiver wire or whatever it is. Depends on the hype machine, too. Like, yeah. In, throughout the offseason, like, oh. I mean, people are already really excited. Therese got it going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean? yeah. I'm putting in offers in my dynasty leagues right now <laughs> right from, now, from, from that interview. He was, he was really, yeah, that was good to hear, too, Ooh. because, I mean, he's obviously embedded with the team all the yeah. time. And, and just the fact, like, he, even before I asked the question about, like, what have they seen, they were like, yeah, I mean, then this is about Pat Mahomes. They believe Pat Mahomes can right. elevate, you know, as you said, like, raise all tides. And at least the good thing about the Chiefs offense is we know who's going to get fed. Like, uh, with with here you mentioned Kareem Hunt, like, maybe getting less of a workload. We'll, we'll see. Like, he handled 62% of the backfield carries last year. Uh, Travis Kelsey and, uh, and Tyree Kill – they absorbed 43% of the combined pass attempts. Like, this, the ball is going to go to those guys. I mean, I guess I guess that would be my question, too, you know, is is that can we rely on that with a new quarterback as well? Yes, um, that's 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 – I have a concern. Like, I'm a Travis Kelsey owner, I think, in two dynasty leagues. And Therese was like, his numbers might go up. I mean, he's had 1,000 yards each of the last two seasons. He had yeah. eight touchdowns last year. So, for a tight end – for those numbers to go up for a tight end, that would be – That'd pretty, be pretty tough. That would be insane. Yeah, it'd be yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. That'd be pretty tough. Right. So maybe it takes a year or two to get there, but I, I there's going to be some growing pains. I was fascinated by the Spencer Ware thing, too. Yeah. Because yeah. Paler totally. seemed to be pretty high on Spencer Ware. Uh, and again, you mentioned the fact that he's embedded with the team. I imagine he's got some inkling that this team would like to, to use Spencer Ware when he returns from injury as well. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the funny thing about the running back position. I mean, I remember having kind of the same feeling about when Melvin Gordon had his big breakout year. Like, he would ne- that season would probably never have happened the way it happened if Danny, Danny Woodhead, Woodhead didn't, didn't get hurt. Yeah, and right. probably Kareem Hunt's rookie year, if Spencer Ware had – I mean, I think Kareem Hunt was probably going to take the backfield over at least as the lead back in the committee, but like probably never was going to happen that way if Spencer Ware didn't get hurt in the preseason. Although he brought up a great point, which is the fact that <clears throat> he's found some you know midseason troubles there, and a lot of rookies will hit the you know the proverbial rookie wall at various points in the season. Um, it, it almost he didn't necessarily say it, but it almost seemed as if Therese was saying, hey, listen, if they had you know worked him in a little bit slower, then maybe he wouldn't have seen uh, that midseason slide the, the way that we you know saw it obviously unfold in 2017. Right. All right. So going back to the other side, Alex Smith now reportedly will sign a four year extension worth ninety four million dollars with I mean, just seventy one million in guarantees in four years is just that's bananas, That's man. hot cash. That is crazy. Um, Smith is now under contract for five years at $111 million per. He is currently 33 years old. So by the time this contract is over, theoretically, I doubt he'll get to the last year, but whatever. Uh, he'll be 38 by the time this contract is theoretically up. On the other side, the trade obviously means that Kirk Cousins won't be re-signed by Washington. He's a free agent, and there's wide speculation that he lands in Denver although Arizona is also in the mix. As are the Jets. As are the Jets. As are possibly the Jags. Yeah. Probably not. Oh, but Probably not. Damn. But the Jets uh, have an interesting tie-in as well, which we'll get to. But um, what do you guys feel about with Kirk Cousins? You know, if he, again, uh, our own Chris Wessling also postulates that uh, Denver would be the, the right spot and, and the lead candidate now to, to garner the services of Kirk Cousins franchise. What are your thoughts on, on him potentially uh, going there uh, to mile high? I think it'd be refreshing. We've kind of suffered through two seasons of the Broncos quarterbacks, like just being terrible and boring. Refreshing is a great word for it. Yeah, like I, Denver needs – uh, they obviously need their quarterback. They have two good wide receivers there. Uh, you know, C.J. Anderson, they have kind of a depth in the backfield. The, they de- do. the defense kind of fell off this year. Um, but that also goes hand-in-hand hand with the quarterback play. Um, and you need, they were rotating three quarterbacks all season. It was like, bad. They need the help. I would love to see him land in Denver. I think that'd be great. It's the one situation, though, Gilhar, where I feel like I felt like maybe possibly they were a quarterback away this year. Right. But going to 2018, I don't think they're a quarterback away. I think they have so many needs. Denver? Yeah. I mean, they, they have some other holes to fill, but they've still got a lot of pieces on defense. Their defense was banged up along the defensive line last year. A lot was put on Von Miller. So if those guys are healthy again, and if they're not on the field for, you know, that's true. 
45 minutes of yeah. a 60 minute game because their true. offense can't move the football or you know put points on the board that's going to help as well i i like denver as a fit fantasy wise for Kirk cousins because i think that raises up demarius thomas and emmanuel sanders again like they were such floor plays for the last couple years and having cousins there could help them hit their ceilings again I'm worried about dt here's, man here's the catch though with with him going to denver you know, we talk about all this other talent they've got on the defense. We've made two, these two receivers, but there's already talk that if they give Kirk Cousins the yeah. big fat contract that he they're gonna have to going some, to dude. get, yeah. they're going to have to cut some people. And one of them, if not both of them, might be these two receivers. They combined for twenty point eight million dollars in the cap. I think it's eight million for Sanders and about twelve for Demarius Thomas. So that could be kind of the catch: is that in order to upgrade the quarterback position, they're going to have to jettison one of these two receivers. Um, and that would that would immediately the landing spot suddenly looks less appealing. Oh, certainly. Then they've got to bring you know maybe they re-sign Cody Latimer to a cheap free agent deal. They yeah. have Carl. Henderson waiting in the wings as a third round pick. We didn't see any time his rookie year, so then they then they suddenly become a far less interesting offense. And and CJ Anderson is a c- candidate to get cut as well, even though he had a career year. Yeah, I think he's a I think he is a candidate. Um, I would be actually surprised if he was on the roster next year, but because again they do have depth at that position, right? As well, you talk about Demarius Thomas. I, I do wonder as well if he's a cut candidate, uh, considering again you talk about his cap hit being twelve million dollars next year. Dead cap is four point four. Um, if you're saving, you know, uh, near eight million dollars in the cap, uh, and again, we're, we've seen a decline in play, I think, uh, from Demarius Thomas over the last couple of seasons. So, but I think doesn't he's that go a, hand in hand with the decline <clears throat> in play of the quarterbacks? Is it though? Because I tell you what, man, just out on the field, he just doesn't look like that guy. Right. Yeah, he's, he's he had like that hip injury, and mm-hmm. but it's but but the hip, this, I think the hip injury is why we've seen the decline. But right, right. that's not an injury that goes away. You know what I mean? And he's been bothered by it for the last three seasons now. He doesn't put up the same numbers, and I agree with you. He's definitely a declining player. But I almost like want to give him some credit for maintaining like different skills than what he had when Peyton Manning was there when he was also like Manning was there and he was also this outrageous athlete that they could just get the ball in space he'd make great plays after the catch the hip injury combined with age he's no longer that guy but he's become something he wasn't really great at despite his big frame was like winning contested catches and winning in tight coverage I think he's gotten much better at that phase of the game so he's definitely no longer like an explosive number one receiver but I think he's a, a pretty solid possession guy you know it's almost a credit to him he's not one of these players like Des Bryant that hasn't really adjusted. That's, a, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, he has not really adjusted to the fact that his skill set has changed. Thomas is doing that. Meanwhile, yeah. some of these other veterans are taking a little while. To Guys, I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Cousins took less money to go to Denver. Because that, he's made so much. Well, that, and I think he wants stability, and I think he wants to win. Yeah. And I think you, you see the blueprint around the league, especially with guys like Tom Brady who have taken less money to actually build a team around him. He could not build a team in Washington, and I don't know if he really wanted to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Denver, I could see Elway convincing him, hey, take a little bit of a discount here so we can keep or some pieces come take you. an incentive-based contract. Or an incentive-based you contract. Hit, you exactly. hit yardages. You get us to the playoffs. You hit X yeah. amount of touchdowns, and, and you'll, you will get paid. It sounds like he wants to go to like a first-class organization with a chance to win and a history of winning. And yeah. I think well, Denver, Denver checks those. all those yeah. boxes. Oh, yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. Um, all right. So uh, we talk about uh, Alex Smith there in Washington. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins potentially being there uh, in Denver, but there are certainly some other landing spots. Arizona, obviously, with Carson Palmer retiring. Um, I, I did want to share this note from uh, Washington Post Mike Jones, who noted on Twitter, Kirk Cousins... He doesn't work for the Washington Post anymore. USA, oh, he does USA Today writer now. USA yes. Today, I'm but sorry. But a long-time Washington Post guy. There you go. Mike Jones, who covers the Redskins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, in 2015, asked for a four-year deal, $19 million per, with $44 million guaranteed. By franchising Cousins two years in a row... Uh, by the way, Washington decided not to give him that deal, but it didn't matter because by franchising Cousins two years in a row, they gave him $44 million guaranteed anyway, and now Washington is paying Alex Smith $22 million per year instead of $19 million per year and giving Alex Smith an additional $71 million in guarantees on this, top uh, of the 44 there. This just exemplifies why this front office has not exactly been the poster child for function in, yes. in how to manage contracts, among other things. Sorry, Chris. I know you're a fan of the team. I know. But, uh, as a fan, you also probably know that the Washington front office has uh, bungled a few things yeah. in uh, recent history. This isn't just 
one example here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Many, 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 many. But this, this, that, that whole situation exemplifies it. The, the good note too that I saw was that was that um, you know I think if you look at this trade in a vacuum, I, I like the trade for Washington. I think they made the good move here. But if you look at it overall, and, and you lay out those numbers, I, you could not have bungled this. Yeah. harder than, yeah. than what Washington I, it's just so bad and, and while that's true like they definitely bungled this it's like I, I wrote about this in my reaction piece to this story like read it at NFL.com slash Harmon hey yes you could do that if you so choose uh, and like the one thing that I think is important to note here is that like what you can't judge of like all right, fine. They have Alex Smith as their quarterback. Like that's a big downgrade from Kirk Cousins. Like it absolutely is. But it, it, this situation, this trade has made it abundantly clear. Like he was never coming back. That the, those ties were severed long ago. That's a good and point. so you almost like have to judge. All right, what's Washington's offense going to look like now with Alex Smith as opposed to some like C level free agent or some rookie quarterback or God forbid Colt McCoy. Like these were our <laughs> options looking at it before Alex Smith. Point. So it's almost like. Good point. Shoot, I mean, they paid Alex Smith a lot of money, but that's a lot better than yeah. the alternative. Way and, and like I said, coming. in a vacuum, this yes. one individual move, I think is, I think it's a good move. I think it's a smart yeah. move, but it's just, it's I, just I, man, absolutely. Geez, you wonder how this Lord. is going to affect the NFL draft, though, and the quarterbacks, because you would think You're the right. Redskins would have drafted a quarterback in the You're first right. round. That's out the window now. Right. You have to team build. You have to get some other positions on defense or running back. You know what, though, it would be so Alex. It would be so Alex Smith. If they drafted, they drafted Josh rookie. Allen or somebody. Oh, well, I was going to say, I mean, you're talking about him playing at the life of his contract. Like, there will be a Pat Mahomes in Washington, yeah. just oh, like there no. was a Pat Mahomes in yeah. Colin Kaepernick. In yeah. That's what I'm saying. Coming. He's That's coming. coming. He's coming. Not this years. year, probably. Yeah, yeah. Not, not this year, oh. but in a couple years, he'll be there. Don't worry. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. That would be that would be so Alex Smith. I'd feel so bad for him. Um, let's talk about, you know, Alex Smith in, in Washington from an offensive standpoint for a little bit. All right. So Cousins did like to spread it around. I don't know if it was Cousins or the offense, but Smith came from a system where he largely was highly concentrated mm-hmm. in Kansas City. How do you see it, Matt Harmon, going in Washington with Alex Smith under center? Yeah, he leaves one of the most like stable offensive ecosystems to like a target distribution table that's in complete transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, because looking at it's easy to say like, yeah, Washington definitely has a lot of weapons, but really the only established players that you can lock in being there yes. uh, in terms of the passing game weapons, are, if you want to include Chris Thompson, but then in the receiver group, it's Josh Doxson and Jamison Crowder. That's Terrell, it. Terrell Pryor's gone. Yep. Everybody else is a free agent. The only other guys that are going to be on the under contract are Robert Davis, who has zero career receptions, and your boy oh, yeah. Cal's own Maurice Harris. That's right. There you go. Uh, Cal Harris. Let's go. So, and when just looking at those two, like Kirk Cousins – Andy Dalton in Cincinnati, other these Jay Gruden type quarterbacks. Alex Smith theoretically does kind of fit that same mold. Well, it's a West Coast system, so I think that's a good fit. It's definitely it's definitely a good fit. It's same terminology. Like he should slide right into that. Yeah. Uh, if we, there's one thing we know about Alex Smith, he does like to throw into tight. He does not like to throw into tight windows. Right. Uh, he was one of the lowest uh, in next gen stats percentage of thrown percentage of passes into tight windows the last two years. Yep. Josh Doxson was a guy who saw 35 percent of his targets last year. It, going into tight windows, Kirk Cousins really evolved in that sense of the game. I would think this does, you know, theoretically again mean good things for Jamison Crowder. And but again, they're going to draft some wide receivers, and then the tight ends. Like I know they've already seen analysis like this, just which is to me just like boring stuff. But like Travis Kelsey did great under. Uh, under Alex Smith, like that means Jordan Reed will do great under Alex Smith, but like Jordan Reed <laughs> carries a ten million dollar cap hit. Yeah, he was. Will he be on the? He team? vanished from the season after six right. games with another. Injury. He couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, but bro, uh, Vernon Davis and Alex Smith played together in San Fran. Oh, reunion! And while that go, well, that's also true. By yes. the way, this was this actually. Uh, Vernon Davis turned thirty four years old yesterday. This was yeah, he played like was, a twenty four year old last yeah, year. Yeah, this though. was his birth- outrageous. Yeah, but he kind of faded as the season went along, and he's yeah, gonna he he's gonna count. Five point three million dollars against the cap. Again, this this team's gonna have to squeeze a little bit now that they've brought in a big name quarterback. Like I just think we don't really know who who Alex Smith is gonna be throwing the ball to at all. Yeah. I I do think again it's a good fit for Alex Smith, but R.I.P. Josh Doxson, man. I don't think it's R.I.P. Well, necessarily. So now uh, the the reason I the reason I say that is because as Matt Harmon noted uh, per Next Gen Stats is that Alex Smith doesn't like to throw into tight windows, and that obviously correlates with the eyeball test as well. Josh Doxson is a guy that if you look at the Next Gen Stats for uh, yards of separation, uh, he's one of the lowest in the league, um, averaging just 2.2 yards of separation. Um, at the time of throw, so it's 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 a situation where he 
Doxon is is really good in contested uh, ball situations. The only problem is Alex Smith doesn't ever throw in those tight windows. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm a little bit worried about Josh Doxon. I think I think that it's not a great fit in terms of quarterback wide receiver. But if there's nobody else there, there's nobody else there. Jameson Crowder may catch 90 balls. I yeah. think that's where it goes. Yeah. Does, it doesn't mean Doxon can't still have success. I mean, you know, Alex Smith had some success with Dwayne Bowe, uh, somewhat of a similar type of wide receiver when he first got to Kansas City. And also, like, Josh Doxon, are the, all those targets, how many of them were stupid fades in the end zone or, like, or just low percentage YOLO balls that were thrown up? I think in the context of Doxon playing more of a full-time role in the whole year, having a whole offseason yeah. working with Alex Smith, like, I, I would imagine that percentage of tight window targets goes down. And if he is the guy – Jay Gruden is going to do more things to, you know, put him in better situations to succeed. You yep. know what? That's I'm with Gohar on that. We, one. we can't just take that number from that small sample size and okay. immediately transpose it into next year. It's worth it's worth noting. I yes. think I think you guys are both right that for on James your point, like I know why I said it because I think it's worth noting. It's something to watch. But I'm with Gelhar in that I think it. Like it's going to be on Josh Doxson to develop more as a full-time number one wide receiver that's going to run a lot more routes. Isn't just going to be needed to throw to in contested situations. Which, like, it's also important to remember for Doxson last year. Like he has that trump card skill set of being a great contested catch receiver. I think he can do more. I think he showed that in college. But like, he was kind of playing. You know, basically his first year last year. Yeah, I was going to say like injuries sapped so much stuff out of him. That's Not cool. didn't play much in the like didn't do much training camp or any offseason activities either because he had the Achilles injury mm-hmm. that in his rookie year. So it's it's funny to me though just because going even going back to his college tape he it's almost like he enjoys the contact. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. He likes to feel where the defender is at when he goes up and gets gets that ball. So again, uh, I think schemat I think you're right schematically they'll figure out a way to get him open. But that being said, one of his best skills is the fact that he can go downfield and win that ball. I just don't know if Alex Smith is going to throw him that ball. It's worth noting, too, for for Alex Smith and tight window passing. Like, yeah, he obviously does not throw many tight window passes. But when he did last year, and this is – Mostly last year, but again, I think you can look at it for his entire career. He was great when he when he was okay. asked to do it. So, right, like go. Tyree Kill, a great passer rating in tight windows. Alex Smith actually sixth among quarterbacks with over 175 attempts with uh, tight window passer. Rating. All right, we'll move on. The last note I'll give uh, regarding Kirk Cousins. Um, we talked about Denver extensively. Arizona obviously in the mix, but uh, the the Jets are, are a little bit of a dark horse here because Jeremy Bates is the new OC in New York. Uh, was the quarterbacks coach under Mike. Shanahan for the 2008 Broncos. Cousins recognized the Shanty coaching tree there and said the Bates hire was a smart move. So he Ooh, was a little bit tea leaves there. A little bit, you know, a little bit. So a little bit of a dark horse candidate are the New York Jets for the services of Kirk Cousins. All right, let's talk. And about I, just, I just want to say one one parting shot with yes. this trade, and it's it's no no insight, but I just feel it needs to be said. Like I know. RG three had himself. He had. He, he made it. He brought the little spotlight back on himself when this happened. Uh, <laughs> said, Come on, with his joke tweet. Well, he said something about like they'll find a way to blame this on me. Uh, believe like Robert, like Robert. believe me or whatever. <laughs> I, I, but I gotta say the response, the first response I saw to that was like you'll find a way to make this about you somehow. Believe me or whatever, which was gr- which is a great response. But it just made me think like, wow, what like it's not even been it's. It's been what six years since they drafted him, and yeah. from there they've his career has fallen apart. It got, should be a football th- life about Robert Griffin. III, this this whole please. situation going from going from when they drafted to Robert Griffin the third to now Alex Smith will be opening the 2018 season as their starter. Like right. they not only they 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 whisked on their franchise quarterback, the guy they drafted behind him that people like from the in moment, the same draft. Yes, from the moment Kirk Cousins took. The, the preseason field, I remember people in Washington being like, well, maybe this guy's better than Robert Griffin III. So it turned out to be true. Right. And they still blew that situation up, and now he's no longer the Matt, keep, uh, keep in mind, that same year, I think, was the year that Alex Smith got benched for Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Right? Oh, is it? It, was, it was the same year. <laughs> the same year. It's just wow. like – just wild! Holy, wow. holy hell! Like, do things change so quickly? So quick. Not just in, not just in the NFL, but particularly with the Washington, Washington Redskins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's take a look at the Super Bowl very quickly here. Matt, franchise. We'll start with you. What is the matchup that you are really looking forward to? Yeah, you you have uh, Philly RBs versus New England front seven down here. I'm just watching both these teams. N- uh, all right, neither of these teams have like 
their one feature back. I mean, Deion Lewis gets most of the touches for New England, but I think they're going to work James White in like oh, they have yeah. in the preseason, uh, postseason uh, historically. I think Rex Burkhead yes. – I don't know. Were Burkhead. they punishing Rex Burkhead in the last game because he's the one who ran into Tom Brady's hand? He only had like a couple snaps. That's a great conspiracy theory. But, I mean, he's Worth he's a playmaker. I think they have to get him involved you know, in the passing game, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, Mike Gillisley, who knows if he's even going to be active. I doubt it. But I like that. Did he make the trip to Minnesota? <laughs> right. There, I, th- I saw something on Rotor World about, like, how he was unsure of his own status for the game. I doubt but it. But I like the fact that both of these teams are coming in with, like, super deep backfields. Yeah. And you don't know how they're going to attack. I think they're both going to be pretty conservative at first and probably do a lot of handoffs. You know, it's probably feeling out process. Punts back and forth and, you know – I have LeGarrette Blunt in my playoff challenge lineup. I see people being like, why would you start Blunt over Ajayi? Ajayi has like the third most rushing yards um, among running backs in the postseason so far. Um, but I like Blunt. I think it's – we talked about the Blunt revenge narrative. Yeah. I just think there's so many interesting storylines that could happen <laughs> with these two backfields. And both teams have uh, – you know, Philly has a good run D and New England not so much. But yeah. It's a revenge off between Deion Lewis and LeGarrette Blunt too. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Deion, Deon Lewis, Lewis play for was the on the Eagles, but he didn't play a snap that I year. Know. Right. Oh, my. Uh, someone asked him, right, and they were like, what's your favorite, favorite memory, memory or yeah. something? And he was like, not playing <laughs> or so, something like that <laughs> yeah, exactly. along those lines. He but was I, still hurt about it for sure. Right. He's yeah. still hurt. But I like just both these backfields are so dynamic. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right, because I think Philadelphia has a – I think they've got a better backfield. Yeah. Um, and they're going up against a worse rush defense. Meanwhile, Philadelphia's got literally the best rush defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you figure Bill Belichick will find a way to get those guys involved because he always finds a way to get those guys involved. Right. Uh, it's just, it is an interesting matchup, though. And um, you, you'd think you'd think the Patriots' defense is going to want to stop the run game, so then the Eagles are forced to make Nick Foles make plays sure. or mistakes. Well, they've been trying to do that all year. I don't know if they've really been successful. I, right. I, and, and, again, they've been maybe successful here in the postseason, mm-hmm. but a hell of a lot easier to stop a one-note offense like the Tennessee Titans, a one-note offense like the Jacksonville Jags. Jaguars. Yeah. This is going to be a versatile offense where it's like, oh, great, you want to pull up the linebackers? Cool, we'll just throw it right over the top. Exactly. So, I don't know. It's a, it's an intriguing uh, chess match, certainly. Uh, offense, defense, Bill Belichick versus Doug Peterson. But, Matt Harmon, what matchup are you looking forward to the most come Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, so I actually just filed a piece on this, the mismatches to watch for the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, NFL.com slash Harmon. There it is. True, there it is. Uh, so, <laughs> like, when you uh, uh, when you look at when the Eagles have the ball, one thing I'm going to be able to watch for is Nelson Aguilar versus Eric Rowe. Our uh, colleague Bucky Brooks uh, talks about, like, finding where's Waldo for the opposing team and, like, the, the guy that you can just find him and just attack him and exploit him. And yeah. that, during the postseason, has been Eric Rowe. He's been just dog-walked up and down the field <laughs> in the postseason. He's given up 15, or 15 targets, 10 oh catches when God. covering the slot. That's more than any other player in the yeah. playoffs. Uh, and I would like Nelson Aguilar to have a pretty big game. He's obviously the, the slot receiver for yeah. the Eagles. So and they use him. USC wide receivers, am I right? That, hey. Yeah, he, had, he caught eight touchdowns from the slot, which was more than any other player this year. And then when the Patriots have the ball, I think, look, it's cliche to say, but Tom Brady under pressure. That's that's the thing to look out for. The the Patriots uh, uh, per pro football focus allowed 40 quarterback hits this year. That was the most in the NFL. And the Eagles are a great pass rushing defense. Yeah. Uh, they, they have four players with over 20 pressures this year, which is pretty outrageous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, excuse me, seven players clear 20 pressures this year. That's even more outrageous that's than the first thing I said. Yeah. But, but Brady has the best pass rating under pressure this year, 95.5. So I think it's going to be just big about them getting pressure with the front forming. That That's what the Giants did when they beat Brady. I, I'd have to look at it again, but I think our next-gen team actually broke up the pressures too, though, right? Where if the pressures were coming from up the middle, what was Tom Brady's quarterback rating? And, and if the pressures came from the outside, what was Tom Brady's quarterback rating? If the know, pressure yeah. comes from the outside, Tom Brady just yeah. – I mean, lights out, forget it. But if the pressure comes from the inside, as we've seen throughout his career, passer rating goes way down. That's how the Giants beat him twice in the Super Bowl. That's exactly it's that right. interior pressure. Well, Brady's one of the best quarterbacks like of all time with his pocket movement, and it's easier to, when the pressure's coming around from the outside, to step up, to sidestep, 
But when you're 40 years old and you've got a Fletcher Cox bearing down at <laughs> you right up the middle, it's a little harder to sidestep that right. or, you know, do the old Russell Wilson pirouette thing. So I right. think that's where that – you're right. That's, that pressure is going to be much more difficult. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where the Eagles are going to have to win. Harmon mentioned Eric Rowe, the, co- the cornerback for the Patriots. He started his career with the Eagles. Oh, oh that's and right. He's the guy – I always will remember him as the guy on Thanksgiving Day that Calvin Johnson scored three touchdowns. Oh, God, that's <laughs> just absolutely, like – Oh, what a blast from the past. <laughs> because, because whoever the starting cornerback was that day got injured and pulled. Here comes Eric Rowe. And Eric Rowe came yeah. in. And then the Patriots went out and got him. And I was like, why? Why did they do that? This is such a classic Patriots move to get this guy who was just destroyed. Uh, so, But he can be. I mean, in defense, there really weren't many people that could cover Calvin Johnson. Right, but if true. you're coming in on already a short he week. He was a rookie. Like, they're like, bro. Go cover. Yeah, go uh, cover yeah. this dude. Go cover Kevin Johnson. Like, Welcome that's to not the cool. NFL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, to to both of your points there, PFF has Eric Rowe with a forty three point six grade, which is bad. It seems like the hundred sixth <laughs> rated cornerback, and he is the one hundred and sixth rated cornerback. One hundred and sixth rated. It's a lot. That's like a lot. There's a lot of corners. <laughs> and that's pretty low. Is he a starter? Like, was he going to play a lot of that's, snaps? Yeah, that he's a starter for them. He's, wow. he's a starter guy, for them. Yeah. That means he's not Yikes. even he's not even the worst rated third cornerback in the like the entire league. Almost. That's right. That's exactly right. 32 teams, two corners each. So that's uh, 64. If you go to a third. And he's at well, 106. Yeah, and, and, and when you're talking about cornerbacks, like the, your third guy, is, your slot guy is a starter now, mm-hmm. how much 11 personnel is out there. Yeah, that's right. a very good point. So, yes, of of all, if you're starting three corners, he's doesn't crack any starter. <laughs> Somebody's any dime starter. guy is better. Holy hell. That's Jones not good. former Eagle as well, right? Oh, oh, one man. year of the Jones, Eagles, yeah. And then Danny Amendola was cut by the Eagles as well. Oh, so, so much revenge. So much revenge. There's so much revenge. <laughs> There's so much room. This is an uh, insane. For me, for my, for my matchups, I'm looking at both of the tight end matchups because, yeah, you know, the, the thing with the Patriots is always they try to take away what you're best at. And I think I, it's, I've been wondering all week, like, are they going to try and stop the running game even though they're not that good at it? Or are they going to take away Ertz, you know? And because he's been such a, a crucial piece of that offense, uh, a big chain mover, a big play threat, yeah, uh, and, a, and a mismatch for that offense. And, and Devin McCourty's so good. Devin McCourty's very good. So, like, are they going to try and take away Ertz? Are they going to are they going to force Foles to beat them through the air and stop the running game? So, because I think Ertz could be a big difference maker in this matchup for I the agree. Eagles, uh, because he's just he's so athletic, and you know you see him putting. I am fascinated by that matchup as well because I think Devin McCourty is good enough to actually erase Zach Ertz if they wanted to go straight man-to-man and just cover that, although they, don't, they haven't really been playing that style of football. So um, I am interested in that matchup very much because I do think Devin McCourty is good enough to legitimately completely take Zach Ertz uh, out of this ball game. That being said, if they do that, and that opens up Jeffrey. That opens up That's Aguilar. That opens up uh, the the screen game and stuff more. And then, of course, the 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 big elephant in the room, the big Labrador retriever that plays for the uh, Patriots, Rob Gronkowski. Yep. How do you, how do you stop him? I mean, he's he's one of the most unstoppable players in in the league at his position. Malcolm Jenkins is a phenomenal safety. Do they go him up? Great safety. Do they man him up? Do they do do they do a bracket kind of thing like the Jags did and try and take him out that way? I mean, Jim, Sh- Jim Schwartz is a very good defensive coordinator. So yeah. how they control Gronk is going to be a big question for me too. I think the one thing that I'm really worried about, um, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, is how do you how how do you defend against Danny Amendola? And, and I know that sounds a little crazy, but Jalen Mills to me has just been—he's Waldo on the Eagles' well, defense. Uh, he's been bad. Well, the good—the good news there is that uh, Jalen Mills is primarily their left cornerback, which I actually think like watch out for when Cooks and him match up because Cooks has been mm. so great at not only getting catching deep balls, he leads the league in deep ball receptions. He also leads the league in defensive pass interferences when on deep targets. So that's one to watch out for. For but. The Eagles have a great slot corner in Patrick Robinson, like the total veteran reclamation project that they took on. He's been great this year. He's given up a 59.1 passer rating when targeted against slot receivers, which is, of course, the best in the league. So I think they, actually, they do have a guy that could help take away Danny Amendola in this one. Well, that's, that's another one to watch. Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, and, of course, we, we didn't even talk about Alshon Jeffrey versus Stephon Gilmore and or uh, Butler there, but I, I think that's going to be another one where, again, uh, if they wanted to, I think Gilmore's good enough if they played man which again I know they don't 
necessarily play a lot of man, but it, Gilmore's good enough to basically take away Alshon Jeffrey. I think Butler's the kind of player where Alshon, I think, can exploit that matchup a little bit because of the size differential, um, but Gilmore's Man, he's a big physical guy, and yeah. uh, and I think that's a better matchup for the Patriots um, than if it's going to be Butler matched up against Alshon. But again, that's another matchup that uh, that I'm looking forward to. And again, anytime you get into the Super Bowl, man, you, you start taking a microscope to these matchups, yeah. man. You know what I mean? It's so, got me a little more excited to watch it. Honestly, talking about it right now, right? Hundred percent for this morning. Uh, by the way, I think I'm going to take the Eagles. Okay. Oh, hey. hey. So we got we got three guys. Wait, Chris, what what was your pick? Should we pick them? Like he took Pats. 17 Pats. Pats. Okay, so we got three on the Eagles. It's me, Gelhar, and Harmon. And we got two on the Patriots. You guys are all taking the Eagles? Dreamers. Damn. We're dreamers. crazy. Listen, yeah. this team can just send waves of diverse attacks. It's such a Diverse deep attacks team. at you on, such on offense team. and then on defense. I mean, like they Yeah, have, but Dwan Brady's the GOAT. They have, well, but they have guys in their front seven. But he was bit by a dog in training ah. camp. <laughs> How can you be the goat if you've been bit by a dog? You can't. So you the can't. question is, who's better, time or the Philadelphia Eagles? Because Tom's already beaten time. Oh wow! So if the Eagles are better than time, right? Then maybe they can beat Tom Brady. Well, we're not on the danger zone right now. Buddy. Oh, I put see. the put the put the whiteboard away. <laughs> Stop looking at the numbers. Oh, okay. Hey, Belichick and Brady have been to an equivalent of a half of regular season worth of Super Bowls. You know, they say they're eighth Super Bowl. You know, that's put in that context. It's really hard to believe. Gross. That is. It is. It is. It's crazy. Yeah, that is insane. All right, so let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daily daps. 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 Matt Franchise, we'll start with you. What you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to daily daps the new Justin Timberlake, Chris Stapleton music video for Ooh. Say Something. I don't know. I, Gelhar said he's seen it. Okay. But uh, I watched it. If you have an opportunity to, like, stream it to your big screen TV or whatever you got at home. Um, and, it's a like, gorgeous Turn video. the lights off and turn the sound up and make sure there's no distractions. Okay. It's six six minutes and 22 seconds. It is – I, like, needed a minute to recover after I <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, hold on a second. I need to come back to Earth. Okay. It was amazing. First of all, the song is really good. I think Chris Stapleton helped him write it. Okay. And second of all, the video is one take of them doing this. It's just a live take of the song. Oh, really? And it's just gorgeous It's building. a one shot? It's in, like, a – yeah, it's one shot, and it's wow. in, like, this old building that I don't know if it was a former hotel, but there's, like, these old elevators, and basically Justin Timberlake starts out on this, like, digital pad, like, doing some beats, and then I'm like, what, is he DJing? And then he goes, he starts singing, and he's mic'd up, and he's walking through this building the whole time, and he picks up his guitar, he gets on the elevator, Spoiler and, alert. and there are... Well, it's amazing. You got to watch it. They're describing it. It's there's really cool. All over the building, okay, and it's all a live recording. And then there's this chorus at the end. It's it's just will give you chills. Like it was unbelievable. You got to watch it. Yeah. Plus, JT's playing the Super Bowl halftime show. I think so I heard I'm Stapleton. A fan. I heard. I think I heard uh, Stapleton's going to be uh, making an appearance at the Super Bowl too. Uh, with hell him. yeah, that's would awesome. make total sense. And Chris Stapleton, God, if you haven't ever listened to him before, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite musicians out there right now. I was I listened. I think all three of his albums yesterday at work. Ha! He's on unbelievable. So watch that music video for Say Something. It's, there you go. It's awesome. Gilhar, what you got? Uh, I'm gonna first daily dap uh, uh, the the big Dota tournament like the past couple weeks. It's a game I always talk about uh, yeah. in esports and stuff. And there was a really good series for the the championship of the tournament uh, at the international last year in August, which is the biggest one where there's like a 25 million dollar prize pool. Uh, the team Liquid just wiped the floor with this other team newbie and then those teams met again in this championship well, and went to went to a uh, best of 5 series and newbie got revenge of course Ooh, the their their prize pool was much 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 smaller but it was a really good series there so Daps to them for winning. And also daily daps to this Quincy Jones article. I don't know if you guys have seen – I'm sure you guys have seen it going around. But GQ did a really lengthy interview with Quincy Jones, and the whole premise was basically uh, – Quincy Jones is a story about that from – I mean, he's 84 years old and has been running around with literally all of these famous people through all from all different walks of life. And right. I only got about halfway through it yet last night before I uh, wanted to fall asleep, but it was it was really interesting. And if you haven't, uh, if you're interested at all in that or his music stories, running around with Sinatra and things like that, just check it out. It's very, it's very interesting. And he's 84 years old and claims that he's going to live to 120 or so. Scientists tell him well, because right. he goes. Scientists spend, have told him. Whoa. Whoa. He spends Whoa. six he spends six <laughs> days a year at like some oh, okay. crazy Swedish like science yeah. lab and doing all this stuff. And he says that they think he can make it to 120. So wow. so, so so Quincy Jones and Tom Brady are both fighting time. Yeah. 
Yes. Right. Wow. Well, the, right, right now, Quincy's got a big lead, though. I was going to say, full Quincy's, circle. Been, right. Quincy's been leading. Well, Tom Brady's NFL career, at least. Well, I mean, again, different, different layers. Again, Tom, Tom Brady has already beaten time. That's, that's what I've, I've been told. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Is it over exactly. yet? I, I'm Did pretty Tom sure. Well, done? that's what I was told, so I was. Throw the damn towel. Beat time? <laughs> he beat Throw time. the towel. I think he's beat time, so time is whatever and, and one, and that one is Tom Brady. Well, right. All right, then. Right. But, yeah, that article. <clears throat> I haven't read it yet, but I want to read it. Uh, I will daily dap, uh, I guess, 24 years ago yesterday, the Wu-Tang Clan released Cream, which nice. is a hip-hop wow. anthem. Um, and it reminded me of the fact that uh, the very first piece of music I ever bought was a cassette tape of 36 Chambers. Which oh, was cassette Wu-Tang. tapes. Awesome. Yes. You know what I think the first one I ever purchased with my money was? What was it? Weird Al Yankovic. Yes! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's great. I loved Weird Al when I was a kid. Me too. First of all, he's... I mean, I know this is going to sound weird. I think he's a genius. He is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, Dude, the dude's sure. had a, like, what, 30-plus year career now with parody, and, like, he he puts out a, an uh, epic hit, like, once every couple years. But that's what I'm saying. And, like, he does it well. Like, it's not like – I mean, I get that it's corny or whatever, but still, it's like – it's still, like, hits. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's – you know? He's rich as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's laughing all I mean, the way to the bank, his, baby. His White and Nerdy was great that just came out, oh, yeah, uh, like, awesome. several years ago. It's and great. then didn't he do a uh, – a blurred lines uh, parody. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that would be great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. The the first piece of music. What was the first piece of music you guys bought? Uh, mine, I think, was a Beach Boys cassette. Cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. Producer Chris. I think Snoop and Dre. Nothing but a G thing. Single. <laughs> that was unexpected. Nice. Single cassette. Yeah. That was unexpected. Cassette oh, really? tape though. Yeah. Okay. Why is that un- unexpected? I don't know. Just seems unexpected. Are you attacking him? I, yeah, I, I think you're I'm under attack, Chris. Thursday <laughs> <laughs> attack. Well, first of all, James you, is you the resident hip hop guy. No, no, so. but you grew up in the East Coast, though, right? Oh yeah. Okay, but I'm saying like they're obviously a, a West Coast soul. Yeah, we, but, we but could listen you know to Drake. No, no, it's not that. Uh, no, I, 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 I understand. Yeah, I get it. I don't think it mattered. I was I grew up in Northern Virginia. You know, there's a lot of East Coast. Rap groups, but I think. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're the East Coast guys were bigger out east. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Train Snoop though. Okay, Matt Harmon, what was your f- first piece of music? Well, Did you have you ever bought a cassette tape? Yes. Oh. Uh, 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 what was I say? What was it? What is it? I think it's, it's like Black Sabbath's first album. Oh hell yeah! I bought. I bought a nice, tape. nice first oh, CD. I bought though. Okay. Um. I think was actually a good Charlotte album. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> we were just talking about that. How has good Charlotte come up twice in the last two days? I know. What an upset. You're in the year 2018. They've come up two days My first row, CD was it. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> That's the Sick. first one That's I bought. I love that album. That's my first. That's actually a good album. Yeah, I, think, I think my first CD Wait, was the same this one. The email was, uh, you were trying uh, to troll me about? Dog, was it? Doggy Style, yeah. I think so. I think. I want everybody to know I'm under attack even as we're wrapping up this podcast. An email came through. Chris Long says, I drink four cups of coffee on game days, and Harmon's like, did you see that? Because they always make fun of me as if I'm the only one that drinks coffee out of us. Well, I'm sure like, you're like, four cups of coffee on game days? That's it? Day? Give me a break. That's Come it? On. You're playing a football game. I didn't drink coffee on game days. It dehydrates the hell out of you. <laughs> true. true. I, drank, I drank coffee one time like in semi-close proximity to a, a soccer game, and yeah. it was like the worst soccer game I ever yeah. played in my oh, life. Oh, really? I was, I was like, well, yeah, because, I mean, you're running like seven, eight miles in the soccer good. game, and you yeah, – yeah. I had some coffee before, and I was like, this was a big mistake. <laughs> uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? Oh, I still got a daily dap. You do. Uh, I want to daily dap the, uh, the Vice article that we were reading. The oh, the clap so examination? Yeah. That whether, you watch, whether you watch the State of the Union or not, it oh. doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but go and check out this Vice article. They did, like, a recap and grading of every, like, most of the politicians, uh, like, their clapping. Clap- awkward clapping, yeah. And there's so many, like, just they have the GIFs <laughs> or the video clips. Like, some of them, the way they're clapping, it's <laughs> so weird. And it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> who's who's clapping? Because also the, the rating, they describe it and then give a rating system on the number of claps for, you know. Yeah, five for originality. Four, <laughs> originality four, four, claps, clap. four claps for anger. Melania oh, okay. Trump got like five claps for bravery and oh. like all sorts of ones. But it's really funny. Who was your favorite clap that they highlight in there? I think mine's Ben Carson. Uh, it's ben, ben Carson ben or Tim Kaine? Ben Carson. Tim Kaine's, Tim Kaine's is great because he looks – he's red-faced, looks drunk as hell. He's like, <laughs> he has, he's, like <laughs> hate clapping. And, yeah. and his hands are like <laughs> – Like There's his, his fingers angle. his fingers aren't involved at all in the oh, clap. So it's just, it's just palms. Palm on just palm, palms. Just like <laughs> it's mad so mashing. And Ben Carson's is like – 
I don't know. He looks like some sort of like cartoon character that's very giddy because his hands are like perfectly upright and close together. Yeah, about and it's like, like a they never get like two inches oh, apart. It's that's pretty funny. The article is hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. Like yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter what you think of like politics or anything. It's worth it just uh, just for that. <laughs> I would say those two are great. Uh, however, <laughs> I mean that's hilarious. Trump's is is pretty funny too because well, like obviously what yeah I mean, obviously but like because because they have uh you know because he's cla- they have the mic right up there and he was, was like clapping dude. for him himself at some points and it was so right obvious. into the mic and it's so funny because i listened so to like a podcast like a political podcast i love that he claps for himself well, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever <laughs> well, of course but who does uh, that it's because, amazing uh, i don't know it's like me dapping myself <laughs> bsp but, uh, <laughs> oh god but it's but yeah it's like it's a uh, presidential candidate matt Harmon. it was just really funny when uh, i don't yeah. meet the age requirement but oh, uh it was just really funny when like because i listened to a podcast says that morning like of them recapping the state of the union and the whole time i'm like man what is that annoying clap yeah, like yeah. right into the mic and i'm like oh it's it's trump but then the other one and i'll save this for people to read it yeah the, the congressional black caucuses uh clap that one's my <laughs> okay nice. all right there you go Pretty chris what do you got close the show baby you know i'm gonna dab james for getting that therese paler oh yeah, man that's, that's huge big, that's big that, yeah that, that guy broke uh broke the story a couple days ago so so daps to you brother and then this is kind of a self-dap but i did an interview with ken wisenhunt it was a super bowl preview because Name the drop. chargers played the Eagles and the Patriots this year. He oh, obviously that's right. was the coach of the Cardinals back in uh, uh, 2000, I believe it was 2008 season. Yeah, he when was they, when, when they went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl against the Steelers. So really good insight on Chargers Weekly. About 15-minute interview with him kind of breaking down the Eagles and Pats. I thought it was pretty Chargers. Chargers.com. Nice. Chargers.com or Chargers Weekly on iTunes. There you go. Yep. Beautiful. Do we want to? Do you want to break your news or do you want to break it next week? Sure. I'll break some news. Oh, I thought we were going to do this. Let's week. do it next week. Okay. All right, let's do it next what week. What a tease. I thought you got to tune in uh, yeah, next yeah. week tune for what a franchise news. A weekend cliffhanger. <laughs> tune in after the Super Bowl when no one's going to care. <laughs> I think we save it for next week. All right, we'll save it. Okay. All right, we'll save it for next week. Wow, what a tease. I don't know how to handle these things. Yeah, I know. It's great. I was trying to help you out as your publicist. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, dude. We're gonna, we're I gonna forgot. Gonna... You hired Harmon as your publicist? That's no. a bad move. Yeah, All right, for is. Matt Harmon, Matt <laughs> Franchise, Alex Gelhar, and Chris Havery. I'm James Coe. We'll see you later. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.